hello everyone. This is Pastor Daniel. Welcome to Canaan STL Podcast, where we exist to connect you to what matters most, to God, to people, and to purpose. Joined here today with Pastor Martin Winslow, and uh, we've been gone for a few weeks, um, doing a mission trip in Africa, and then last week going to the Southern Baptist Convention in Anaheim, California. So today, Martin, I think what we need to do is just kind of unpack um, our perspective on what all took place in the SBC and what all is going on in the SBC. Because, you know, um, as we kind of briefly talked yesterday, you, you see these people talking about the convention that weren't there. And it's just amazing how the spins that are happening, yeah. um, the spin doctors, if you will, and how they're taking things out of context or mislabeling, misrepresenting things. Yeah. And so we kind of want to set set some things straight, I think, with yeah. that, but also just give our honest opinions and convictions yeah. about what's going on in our convention, where things are, uh, potential dangers, I yeah. think is a legitimate statement. Um so anyway, uh, just to start with you. You know, what was some of your what was some of your big positive takeaways from the convention last week in Anaheim? Yeah, I think as far as positives go, um, you know, I feel like overall the trajectory of like SBC life is in a good direction. You know, we heard from our seminary presidents, our seminary heads, and it it sounds like you know biblical inerrancy is still being held up. Um, you know, the right to life. Um, first Timothy three ordination of elders being men. Like if you look at our six seminaries, their impact right now in the world, especially when you look at like Southern or even Midwestern now is growing. There's more and more students that are coming to our seminaries and they're still upholding strong biblical fidelity and doctrine theological orthopraxy, they're encouraging, they're getting pastors ready. And so I would say overall, that was one of my big takeaways. And then as far as the trajectory of the SBC in general, with like the president that was elected, Bart Barber, who I don't know a lot about, but I've been, we did some research, you know, you and I and others Mm -hmm. who were trying to figure everything out. I would say overall, I feel like, you know, SBC life's always kind of been a big tent, um, you know, you've got Calvinists on one side, Arminians on another. You've got all kinds of different little variations of things that we may call tertiary doctrine. But overall, I think the trajectory as far as the denomination is concerned is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a lot. You didn't ask for all that. No, but just no, like no, in that's, general. That's great. You know. That's great. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of positive. I'm, uh, I, I really like IMB's trajectory. I yeah. Think, um, you know, it was really powerful. Seeing the 52 new missionary, missionary Mm -hmm. couples that are being commissioned. And some of those, you know, they were just silhouetted because they're going into really hard areas. And that was just, I mean, that's just so exciting that we're sending 52 new missionary, missionary couples into the field Mm -hmm. this year, right now. Um, And that's, that's, that's something that not many groups can do, you know, because, but that's just the beauty of this thing we have called the cooperative program where we just pool our resources together to be able to send missionaries out. Um, so that, that was super exciting to me. I, I like what all's going on with church planting and the mm-hmm. North American Mission Board. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that is just exciting, yep. exciting things are, mm-hmm. are going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I liked, I love our seminaries. You know, yeah. I totally agree with you. Each president get, got up and gave a report and affirmed all the things you mentioned, doctrinal mm-hmm. fidelity. And, um, you know, and just to see that our six Southern Baptist seminaries are ranked in the top 15 seminaries in the nation yeah. based upon 
enrollment and you know yep. all of the all of the worldly markers yeah, that, right. that show success you know enrollment endowments yeah. all that sort of thing but that's because i believe they're true to scripture yeah you know, they, right. they have a commitment to do that yeah. you look at the other seminaries of other denominations that have strayed from scripture who have gone yeah. more liberal in their theology yeah. all of those seminaries are in decline sure every one of yeah. them and so i i think god is honoring that so yeah, yeah. i'm very excited about that as well mm-hmm. um yeah, you know, and there's just talk about some of the the mm-hmm. hot buttons right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the one of the hot buttons that's going on in our convention is now what is is over the role of pastor and yeah. who can be a pastor. And I think there is there's uniformity in the agreement that senior pastors can only be men. Yeah, uh, and I think most would say that elders can only be men. But now yep. the rub seems to be the the conversation seems to be can women be pastors like pastor of children pastor yeah, of right. women and and so the, the 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 hot topic is the word pastor yeah right. so this all came kind of came to a head when our credentials committee which mm. is a a committee a southern baptist committee which looks at um churches who either want to become part of the southern baptist mm. convention or who may have done something to put their membership in the southern baptist yeah. convention at jeopardy Mm-hmm. And so it came up that Saddleback, you know, Rick Warren, the the largest SBC church yeah. um, in our convention, because Rick Warren's church, Saddleback Community Church, they ordained three women as pastors. Mm-hmm. Now they're a pastor of children, pastor of women, things like that. But nonetheless, they're using the term yeah. pastor. Yeah. So um, they came back with a motion that, you know, not sure uh, that maybe we need to have a a committee to research this to see is the office of elder and pastor the same or is the office of elder and office and pastor more of a function of shepherding. Mm-hmm. And so they want to look at that and um, that, that, that motion, they, they kind of changed their tune on that motion because Rick Warren got up and made kind of a plea, which was interesting, Yeah, you know, about all the saddlebacks done. And if we disfellowship them, then kind of what we're losing, if you will. Yeah. Um, but doctrinal fidelity is worth more than numbers on a page. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I but think, anyway, so yeah. where, where, how did you see all that come out? And yeah. And I think, I mean, what you just said is, is key. Like we are at a time in our nation's history and just like in church life, if we don't have guys who can take a stand, That's I mean, right. you've been preaching through the book of Daniel. If we don't have some Daniels who will just say, no, this is the line in the sand and I'm That's not right. crossing it. We're going to lose everything. You're, yeah. you're going to give up the house, you yeah. know? And so I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I think we've probably shot ourselves in the foot with our view of pastor and how we've done that in the past anyway. You know, you've got a lead pastor in a lot of SBC churches, and then you've got a youth pastor. Well, there is nothing. We do that here. Right. We do that here. And that's just kind of like how it's been. Yep. And so we kind of submit ourselves to kind of an existing structure. But when you look at 1 Timothy 3 or Titus 1 and the pastorals, all we see is pastor. Right. We. We see that. And those words, we've talked about that. You did a great teaching on that um, in many contexts here at Canaan. We see that word as interchangeable, the three Greek words that are used there. But well, let's at, stop right there. Let's, yeah. let's talk about those. Mm-hmm. This is important. Let's get into yeah. the weeds here. So you have three terms in the New Testament. Um, you have the Greek word poimen, which is translated shepherd or pastor, right? You have the Greek word presbyteros, which is translated elder, 
Obviously, you can see that's where they get the term Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. And you see the word episkopos, which is translated bishop or overseer. And again, you can see that's where we get the word episcopal. Well, those three terms in Acts chapter 20, um, in 1 Peter chapter 5, are used interchangeably, um, which kind of shows that they're referring to the same office, and that is one of um, the pastor, the elder, the overseer. Yeah, First Peter 1 says, Peter says, So I exhort the elders, there's the word presbyteros, among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God. That's the Greek word poimen or pastor, mm-hmm. the flock of God that is among you. So exercising oversight. That's the word episkopos. You see, in mm-hmm. the same role as elder, your your elder, your pastor, your overseer, right? And so those are interchangeable. Now, here's what's yep. interesting. The first time I heard that teaching mm-hmm. uh, was back in 1998. Yeah. Uh, we were getting ready to plant a church, Tara and I were, and so I was going through developing a membership class. Well, as a template, I used Rick Warren's membership class oh, at wow. Saddleback, and his teaching was that of Poyman, Episcopos, mm-hmm. Presbyteros, which refers to the same office. So I learned this from Rick Warren, you who's, know? who's now changed who's his now position. T- obviously yeah. changed his tune, but but so yeah. for us, us meaning uh, you and I, a Canaan, yeah. right? And I'd say the vast majority of SBC, the pastor, the elder, the overseer is the same office, yeah, right, right. and it's right. the same position, which is only for men. Now, let's let's talk about that. Where do we see why biblically do we see that the role of elder is only men? Is, is that because we're sexist? No, at all. It's not, not at all. It's, we're, it's not a sexist issue. It is a biblical issue. So first Timothy chapter two, I'll start here. Um, this is, this is so important in this conversation because many will say, you know, well, gosh, Galatians three said, uh, says very clearly, um, we're all baptized into one baptism. There's right. neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We're all mm-hmm. one in Christ Jesus. And I say amen to that. Yep. And that's talking about worth and value. And, um, yeah. you know, we're all equal in God's sight when it comes mm-hmm. to value and our, you know, our being saved. We get to 1 Timothy 2, same author, Paul, right? But he says this, starting in verse um, 12. Says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Now, that sounds pretty harsh. And so many will read that verse and jump to the fact, well, that's a cultural situation. Because back in those days, it was very male dominated. We're not as male dominated today, so we should be more open to this oneness concept. But the problem is the very next verse. Paul does not base his argument on culture. Verse 13, he says, because Adam was formed first, then Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. So we stop there and say, okay, so the reason that Paul is saying that women cannot exercise biblical authority over a man is based on creation order, Mm -hmm. which never changes in spite of culture. So that's, that's one of several reasons that we we take and understand that the role of elder, the office of elder, is for men only. Yeah. And, of course, in the very next chapter, 1 Timothy chapter 3, lays out the qualifications for elder. And it's just, it's just, it's just male. Um, he says an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded. It never says it doesn't include women in this passage. It doesn't say a wife of one husband. It says mm-hmm. a husband of one wife. And so everything laid out in Scripture when it right. comes to elder is always mm-hmm. 100%. 
male only. So that's why we hold to that. Again, it's not a sexist issue. It's not right. a gender issue. It's simply a biblical issue. Yeah. You know, we're all equal in God's sight. We're all equally valuable, important. There's giftings and callings that men and women have that we must follow. It's essential to the body life of the church. Yeah. But God has said there's only certain things men can do. There's only certain things women can do. Right. You know, only women can have babies. Only women. There's just there's just very distinct roles yeah. when it comes to males and females. That's yeah. the complementarian view. And so we see here this passage is just so strongly moves us in that direction of the, the role of pastor is for men only. So what what would you add to that? Yeah, I would just say that in part of that is like. Um, you know, those decisions that are being made, I think, to compromise in those areas is really just, it's the culture pressing in. It is. Oh, absolutely. The culture wants to get rid of any distinguishing marks between male and female. Yes. And of course, now we have this transgender movement where people are even mutilating their bodies to like become the opposite sex. That's the thinking, but you can't do that. Right. And many would even point to these verses, and I've heard this before, when people get slippy, they say, well... You know, when sin entered the world in Genesis chapter 3, you know, you have this structure of you've got, you know, husbands, and then you've got wives being submissive to husbands, and that's in the fall. But since Christ came, we're all one now, and there is no more that variation. But just like you said, Paul actually rolls from that creation story in chapter 2 right into chapter 3, which is post-cross, and says, no, this is how... Um, the church is to be set up. And yep. so it's it's an ongoing thing. And even though culture uh, hates to hear that, it's just the it's the simple facts of how the Scripture sets things up. Yeah. So yeah. I would totally agree. And like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Al Mohler was obviously kind of angry whenever they asked him, you know, we need to form this study group on what the word pastor means. We've known that for 20 years. We, yeah, right. we knew that in Bible school before yeah. we ever went on to seminary that – you know, these words were interchangeable. Like you said, everybody's known it. The problem is our culture wants to press in and say, redefine it. Yeah. That's right. And and we say no. We're we're gonna we're gonna be faithful here. Yeah. Yeah, and and someone else, I don't know if it was Moeller or someone else made the observation that every every mainline denomination that has moved in the direction of ordaining women as pastors, including lead pastor, have all moved to the liberal theological bent and are in sharp decline. Yeah. Every one of them. And again, I, I don't, it's not because, you know, women are evil or anything crazy like that. It's just because that's a, that's God ordained as a male role. Um, so anyway, it's just very interesting. Um, all that's going on, all the conversation that's being had right now in the SBC about that. And I believe we're going to be fine. I believe we're going to come down on the biblical stance, even though, Across denominations, we are very much in the minority of holding to this position. I think we're in there, uh, the Presbyterian Church of America, PCA. They're in they're in that mode of of men only and pastors. Um, there's a few other uh, groupings, but uh, there's a lot that's moving away from that too. Yeah, and I think I think it's important for our listeners to under to hear not hear what we're not saying, like. You know, Rick Warren's done a ton for the kingdom. Absolutely. In, in fact, it's interesting because after he listed some of the things that they'd done, I stood up and clapped. Yeah. Because I praise God for that. Absolutely. Right. I praise God for that Rick 90, Warren has been he used. Ninety churches just in Orange County, California. Exa- out of the hundred and twenty that are there. Yeah. So he's he's he's, he's trained one point one million pastors. 
Yeah, I mean, phenomenal, yeah. right? And this issue, although not a gospel issue, is definitely a sufficiency, I think an inerrancy issue. Yeah. And like you said, when you head down that path, mm-hmm. not to just generalize, we've just seen it over and over again. Yeah, that's right. You cannot, you cannot make concessions on things that are clear in the scriptures, or yes. else pretty soon the scriptures don't matter anymore. That's right. And that's, and that's what's happened. It, it, it yeah. just begins you down that slippery slope. Yeah. And that's what we want to avoid. We want to stay true to the Word of God because yep. the, the Lord blesses His Word, and He blesses those who uphold His Word. Yep. And that's what right. we want. We want the Lord's blessing and the Lord's favor. Man, we need it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we got to have that. And yep. and just what would you say then, like knowing that, and that there's this kind of slippery slope going on. Some people are going down that road. Mm. When you look at Nam, when you look at the new SBC president, mm. would are you reassured or are you like? I'm very, very much reassured. In fact, Kevin Ezell, who's a president at North American Mission Board, he said very clearly in his in his training, says that if look, we are unapologetically complementarian in our view, and so if you have any thoughts of women preaching in your church plant, have the integrity to own that now and don't be a part of us because that we are wow. not for that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What about Bart Barber? I know, you know, a lot of people have been characterizing him like as a moderate. When you look at like his theological beliefs and different things like that, what would you say about that? Well, I mean, based on his own statements and his own practices, I see nothing to indicate that. I mean, he is he is very straight up on inerrancy. He is uh, he's a believer in the complementarian view of Scripture. Um, I mean, he pass he doesn't pastor a large church. He pastors a just a normal sized church, a couple of hundred mm-hmm. people in Texas. You know, he's uh, in more of a rural type setting, um, just a down to earth guy. I mean, he's, he's just a, a pastor's pastor, you know, been there for mm-hmm. many, many, many years of so faithfully served. I see nothing theologically that's concerning to me. Um, I mean, he's not a hardcore Calvinist, but he's not a hardcore Arminian either. He's kind of more in the middle, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I don't see anything theologically that raises a flag like this guy's yeah. a moderate. I think yeah. that is a misrepresentation. Um, yeah. that some of the spinning heads out there are trying to sure. paint him as the moderate, right? Mm-hmm. Let's bring up another issue. Let's mm-hmm. talk about, uh, for those of, you, of our listeners who follow this at all, there's this, there's this subgroup within the Southern Baptist Convention called the Conservative Baptist Network. And they kind of see themselves as the bastion of hope, the, the champions of conservative theology. Uh, and so the last two years, they have um, platformed a man to run for president. Last year, Nashville was Mike Stone, pastor out of Georgia. And this year, it was Tom Askall out of, uh, where's he, Alabama? Is that where he's at? Ooh, Florida? I, I can't remember. I, I, think, I thought he was out somewhere. of Florida. Yeah, yeah, it might be Florida. Anyway, and so both of these men were platformed by the Conservative Baptist Network. And so, you know, just as a pastor, uh, Martin and I, uh, well, I'll let you speak for yourself there, Martin, but for me, um, I agree with everything the Conservative Baptist Network stands for theologically. You know, I, I totally do. I, but my, my issue is I don't really see a whole lot of moderateism in the SBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a few, but I don't see it as, I don't see like it was like 25, 30 years ago, like many are trying to lead us to believe that there's this yeah. liberal shift. I mean, we don't have any of our professors teaching in the resurrections a myth. We don't have anyone questioning inerrancy of scripture. Yeah. You know, the, our biggest issues right now is the, can a woman be a, not a senior pastor. Everyone agrees that women cannot be senior pastors or even cannot be elders. But the biggest disagreement is can women be those associate type pastors, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest, 
to my, in my mind, that's the most moderate question out there right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is significant, but it's not like we're about to drive off a cliff like we were 30 years right. ago. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not the, it's not the intricacies of the gospel. Yes. If Christ won our salvation at that's the cross right. or that's right. did he rise from the dead? Like you said, the essentials. Um, at the same time, it's pretty important, but I, I feel like I'm with you. Like overall, the trajectory is in a good direction, you know, but you do have this group and, and we've talked about Tom Askell before, yep. like we use his catechism book here at the church. I, yes. I hand that out to families. I use that with all my children. Absolutely. Love the stuff that Founders puts out. Yeah. Sometimes from that group, there's a little bit of a harder edge, um, and they struggle, I think, sometimes to like – I hate to use the word build bridges. It kind of sounds political. But at the same time, like like I said, SBC life is a big tent. Yeah. Like you do have people who lean towards that Arminian view. You've got your hardcore Calvinists. And neither one of those groups want to budge, right? They right. they don't want to give in to the other, which I understand that, you know, hold your sure. ground. Sure. But at the same time, can we get along and continue to do the things that the SBC does um, together, which is the cooperative program, NAM, those kind of things. If we isolate ourselves in those groups, you're not sending out 53 missionaries next year that's to right. the hardest parts of the world. That's exactly right. And so that's why I – like SBC Life, when I think of it, what is the great part of it? I think of NAM. Yep. I think of Send Relief, which is a portion of NAM, and I think of IMB. Yes. I think of missionaries. Yeah. And I think of our seminaries so, too. And I think of our yes. Yeah. Don't want to downplay that at all. Yep. Because you know, if you're if you're an SBC life, if you're a member of an SBC church, you get fifty percent off your tuition. Yes. You know, Absolutely. if you go to one of our seminaries. Absolutely. And look at so, just just how you know SBC partnership has really empowered us at Canaan. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, here we are planting a church in Fairmont. We are not doing that by ourselves. Yeah, that right. is all partnership. Yep. SBC partnership, two local associations. Yep. Quite a few, at least five other SBC churches. Yep. We're all partnering together to do this. Yeah. You just don't see that kind of partnership and cooperation right. much outside of SBC yep. life. Yeah. You know? That's exactly right. It's, and so, I mean, the yeah, there's some things to be concerned about. We got to really watch this. This possible drift yeah. Um, yeah. That, that could be happening. Um, but my goodness, the positives are so yeah. strong. Yeah. Just a you know, kingdom impact. Mm. Look what's going on in West Africa with, with, our, with partnership. Yeah. Look at what's right. going on in Zambia because of partnership yeah. all through Canaan. And it's just, it's really exciting. It would yeah. not happen if we didn't have the kind of partnership That's network right. relationships we have because right. of SBC. That's right. It's in the DNA, right? Yeah, absolutely. Partnership it, is yep. in the DNA. That's right. Yeah. And that is such a rare thing today. It is. Especially in the, all the non-denominational world. You know, there's just, those are mostly, you know, just churches under themselves. Yep. They don't build bridges with other churches in a partnering yep. kind of way. Right. They may have friendly relationships. The pastors right. may get together for coffee, but there's not, hey, let's let's plant together. Let's, right. Let's start planting networks together. Let's train pastors together. Right. That is so rare. Right, right. And but that's SBC. common in yep. the SBC. Yep, absolutely. Yep. You know, I won't forget, you know, we took a certain pastor out to lunch, and before we ever even said what we were doing, we he knew we wanted to plant a church. He didn't know the details of where or what we were doing, but he said, I'm in. <laughs> he he said, "I'm in." Like he just wanted to be a, because that cooperative spirit just exists there. That's right. Now here's what's interesting: when we take apart, like you and I might sit down with those guys that we're partnering with, let's say in Fairmont City, and and we may lean reformed 
and yes. Calvinistic. Yeah. These guys may lean Arminian, yeah. but that has never kept never us from cooperating together right. because we have a big mission, and that's, that's right. getting the gospel to the lost. Absolutely. And we're not going to let that tear us apart. That's right. You know? That's right. And so we partner together. We let those little variations not become a hindrance to yeah. the work of what Jesus told us to do. Yeah, that's right. So. Absolutely. Because the Great Commission is the great that's commission. Right. That's Everything right. else is... You know, secondary, tertiary, yep. not not unimportant, right? But they're right. secondary. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so we just got to keep our eyes on it. Um, I want to go back to the CBN one one yeah. more time. Sure, it's um, the Conservative Baptist Network because you and I would agree theologically and everything they stand for. But like you said, there's just a there's just an edge where they're just very very narrow. They're very uncooperative with anyone outside yeah. that camp. And that's yeah. that's just troubling yeah. to the bigger vision of SBC. Yeah. yeah, we have in SBC like we have one called the Baptist Faith and Message. We are mm-hmm. a confessional people. Yep, and that is kind of the consolidation theological view of Southern Baptists, and it's it's narrow enough to keep us on the right track. Yeah, to make sure we stay conservative, we uphold inerrancy and sufficiency yep. of Scripture. Um, but it's also broad enough to where it it doesn't it. It doesn't exclude those that should not be excluded, sure. yeah. such as different difference of opinion mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. you know our salvation in terms of Calvinism or Arminianism, right. election versus free will. Those those type issues, right? We can agree to disagree on those right. because we're still saved by the gospel. Yep. We all agree on that, yep. right? Um, so the Baptist faith and message is kind of our confessional mm-hmm. document mm-hmm. that we measure all things by, yeah. you know, um, which is generated by scripture, right? Yep. So scripture yep. and scripture through the, the Baptist faith and message consolidates a few key points that we believe yep. biblically on what, what it is to be a, a new yep. Testament church that can cooperate right. together. Right. And so, um, if you haven't read the Baptist faith and message 2000, just Google it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think we may even have it on our website. I'm not sure. I think we do. And like you said, it makes the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. Polity, you know, there's some variation there of polity yeah, within Baptist example. life. Yeah. You know? Some churches have um, are pastor led. Some churches are pastor and deacon led. Some churches yeah. have gone elders. There's yep. there's room in the BFNM, the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. Yep. We call it BFNM, right? To allow for all of that because all those yep. have biblical precedents, right? And so right. we don't want to be. And, that, and that's what I love about the BFM 2000. It's not dogmatic where it shouldn't mm, be, right? But it is dogmatic where it should be. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, got it's got teeth in the areas you want it to have teeth. That's in. right. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. Totally agree. So overall, you know, like big takeaway, I would say the trajectory when we look at our culture and what SBC Life is doing is really positive. In fact, I went in a little more negative. I, did I too. came out feeling more positive. I, I totally agree with you. So. Totally agree. I I went in expecting there to be a lot more intense conflict than there was, mm-hmm. um, just with the different factions. Um, of, mm-hmm. of areas of conflict, you know, like uh, the the area of females as pastor. That's 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 a that's a big one. Yeah. But also, you have the, the still the there's still some conflict between Calvinism, Arminianism. Not sure. as much as it used to be. I don't think. Yeah. I think I think we're kind of beginning to get over that and mm-hmm. be okay with that. Because um, it's interesting in the CBN, you have those that were no, previously really diametrically opposed. Yeah. You have Paige Patterson, one of the founders of this of this conservative yeah. Baptist network, who's Pretty Armenian. He's Armenian. And then yeah. Tom Askall is hardcore five point Calvinist. Yeah. You know, yeah. they would not have been on the same side of things, but now they are. So yeah, right. it's kind of showing that that's becoming less and less of an issue. Yeah. Um, 
So it's just interesting to watch the the ebb and flows of yeah. the dynamics of the convention versus yeah. almost 50,000 churches. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. It is. It is 50, phenomenal. 50,000 churches. And what do we see? They they put up a metric. I think it was over 9,000 churches planted by name last year. Yeah. So even though we look at like some of our sin cities that are dark and we see a lot of churches that are closing in certain areas, there's also about – you know, there's there's churches opening right. every day. That's right. As well. Yeah, that's so. right. And so what we're seeing is that we are now planting more churches per year than we are closing. Yeah. Praise God for that Absolutely. metric. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, so. we don't want to close any churches. Right. right. But um, that's just the reality. I don't know. Some churches may need to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole other topic right <laughs> yeah, there. That's right. That's a revitalization topic there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's right. That's right. That's good. So yeah. I, uh, and just on a lighter note, man. Yeah. We had Tim Hawkins came. Oh, we got surprised with Tim Hawkins. Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know who Tim Hawkins is, just Google him. He's a Christian comedian. Actually, he lives in O'Fallon, Missouri. Yeah, yeah, you Missouri know? boy. Yeah, he is a Missouri boy. He is hilarious. But they, but North American Mission Board every year has a luncheon. And so there's like 5,000 pastors and wives mm-hmm. uh, at this luncheon. And they had Tim Hawkins come in. He was just hilarious. Yeah, he lightened the mood uh, right off the bat. He so did. it was great. I mean, yeah. I belly laughed. Yeah. I mean, I had tears in my eyes. I was laughing so hard. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. That was definitely was. A, a fun highlight for Absolutely. me for the convention. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, just to go through, they had like always a big exhibit area. It's always just neat to see all the different partners and mm-hmm. um, what they're doing. You know, you go over to Guidestone, they give you a free health screening. Tara tried to get me to do that. I was like, I don't want to get my finger pricked today. <laughs> Plus, I didn't. You know, the, the day before, they had sent three people to the ER. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. Yeah, they. It was. They, I'm glad they, I didn't do it. I know it, right? <laughs> I didn't want to go to the ER, but yeah, they like was, the lady was saying that. Yeah, they had a, some some guy that they just tested. Also, he had blood clots, so they sent him to the ER, and they did another person. Their blood pressure was sky high, so they sent him to the ER. I was wow. Like, ah, I don't want to. I, yeah. I want to. <laughs> I want to take that. <laughs> I want to have fun. That's right. I want to have fun. I want to go to the ER. I didn't come to California to go to the hospital. That's right. That's right. All right. No, it was it was overall it was a great great time. And yeah. you know, the, my, for me, the best thing about the SBC convention is just the fellowship. Yeah, uh, yeah, running into friends and other mm-hmm. pastors, and you know, yeah. just hanging out with like you guys. It was just a great time, mm-hmm. great time. Yeah, amen to that. Yeah, amen. Well, if you have any questions or comments, uh, we would love to entertain those and hear from you. Uh, info at CanaanSTL.org. Um, so until next time, have a great week, and we'll talk to you on Canaan STL podcast.